Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Rerun Shuffle, the podcast where we hit shuffle on Comfort TV. Uh, this is now our fourth episode. So if you're starting here, uh, just visit us at viewpointsonline.org or search for the Viewpoints Network on Anchor FM or Spotify and check out our other episodes. I am Tim Nacy. Uh, usually Leo puts in a nickname for me in the middle. Uh, I left a variable, but I actually kind of like I'm Tim X Macy. Okay, I was wondering what that was. I was like, oh, he came up with his own nickname. All right, cool. Oh, no, 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 no. It was, legit, just like, it was legitimately just the... No, I'm not, I'm not claiming to be DMX or anything. I'm just, I'm just like, you know what? X, X is pretty cool. I like it, Mr. I'm a Bond villain. <laughs> uh, I am the multimedia editor around these parts, and uh, I'm a general self-destructive workaholic. I'm starting, I think, uh, like three new podcasts now. Wow. We're, yeah, we're heavy development work on three new ones. Um, I am, as I've said many times on the show before, a sitcom obsessive, and we're talking about one of my all-time favorites today. So I'm very excited about that. Yeah, I can't wait to get into it. Um, I am Leo Cabral. I'm the editor-in-chief at Viewpoints. I am a queer, trans, non-binary, multimedia journalist. I'm an anxious, emotional, sad boy who loves cartoons, creepy podcasts, and stressing about getting this paper published. Yeah, we, uh, <laughs> we, 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 got, we got a pretty great issue that just came out today. Yeah, so um, for any of y'all on campus, go ahead and find those big orange Viewpoints boxes and take, a, take an issue with you. We know you see them. They're bright orange. <laughs> you just pass by them every day. They're right there. There's no excuse. There's a campus map on the back. We're watching you. We'll know. We'll know, <laughs> we'll know specifically you. <laughs> that you didn't read the paper. All right. So what are we watching, Tim? Um, something I've been excited about for a while uh, came out. See, I've been very busy lately. And so I, I kind of haven't been on top of my like pop culture news game. So... I kind of missed that Star Wars Visions started on Disney Plus earlier this week, a um, couple days ago, actually, and I really could not be happier about it. A um, little bit of background. I love Star Wars. All my heart. <laughs> Even oh, the prequels, honestly. <laughs> I love it. And um, but, but, but to be honest, uh, especially after that last trilogy, the franchise and its general, its general feeling, there's always a civil war. That's the, 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 the Star Wars are always some kind of political conflict that it, it basically just turns into a giant galactic civil war. And that gets old. It gets a little bit boring. Um, so I, so I've been hoping that something else would happen in the Star Wars universe. You know, I've been, I've been, I've, I've been on record. I've talked to my brother before about saying like, man, what if that was like a Star Wars, like sitcom or something, or like a Star <laughs> Wars, like detective show or something. It just takes place in the Star Wars universe. And we've been getting a little bit of that, like a, Rogue One was kind of like a war movie, more more than anything, and uh, Solo was like almost like a treasure hunt and heist movie. Oh, that's um, the one I did watch. But uh, but Visions is an anime anthology series set in the Star Wars universe. Finally, something for me. It is so it is so <laughs> cool. Um, it's it's not only allowed to stretch past canon a little bit, uh, because because that 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 really is a thing that really like gets people all wound up is is canon and especially head canon star wars fans and i'm sorry if i offend you out there but uh it's true um <laughs> you guys like to write star wars movies in your head and write star wars characters in your head i mean even somebody like you know even, even if, you're, if you're not really following star wars closely leo you probably even saw some fallout from like that massive scuffle that happened after the last jedi i mean yeah uh, this is exactly why i haven't really gotten into star wars because one the fan base two it's really like high sci-fi fantasy 
And you know me, I've, I've already talked about how I really like Star Trek, which is more like uh, science fiction. But yeah, no, um, <laughs> I mean, full offense. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> coming in hot. <laughs> coming in hot for it's y'all. Name of the episode. Right. We hate Star Wars fans. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, like um, it's really hard for me to get into Star Wars because like I know the fan base and all that stuff. And um, there's just so much lore to it. I'm like, I don't even know where I want to begin. So, yeah. So it's nice to see that there's something that's like deviating from that that is actually interesting me. Like, oh, I'm not saying that like my interests are superior to anybody's, but they are. No, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Ooh, man, <laughs> hot takes just are flowing today. <laughs> You're all on notice. <laughs> yep. No, totally kidding. But no, not to say that like I my interests are better. It's just like I just I'm a little particular. I mean, aren't we all? We've all we've all got sensibilities. Yeah. I mean, everything's got. Yeah. Um, but what's neat about this show is yeah, not only does it stretch past canon a little bit and kind of like explore some some really bizarre stuff, uh, it also jumps between wildly different art and animation styles. Uh, like episode one is called uh, the Duel, and it's kind of like this. Uh, Akira Kurosawa kind of like samurai movie, basically like like it, this, this 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 rambling like Ronin type guy. He rolls into town with his uh, with his astromech droid. That's the R two D two, by the way. Oh. Or no, it's not it's not R two D two himself, but it's the kind of it's the kind of robot that R two D two is. Different flavor of R two D two. I'm sure somebody's nose is bleeding right now that I said robot, not droid. Oh my god. <laughs> I do know it's called the droid, guys. So don't don't, don't blow me up on Twitter. Don't come for Tim. <laughs> I will fight um, you. But yeah, he he's got his astromech droid that is wearing like a like a little like a little straw farmer hat. Oh, it's ridiculous! It's ridiculous, but that. amazing. And uh, yeah, basically, um, the stormtroopers are like uh, they're they're like bandits, and they're coming to shake down this little farming community for for money for protection money. And uh, mm-hmm. this guy gets into like this this crazy saber duel with their leader. Tale as old as time. It is fantastic. Like I said, it's like a Kurosawa movie. It's got it's got this. It's not like. It's it, it, it's very photorealistic. Like these actually like they look like people, but it's drawn kind of like a like a like a like a like a, like a drawing on a scroll that kind of thing. It has this really it, it has this really this really it's really it's a little bit choppy, but at the same time it also looks really smooth and it's 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 uh it's like it's like it's like black and white, but there's like color accents like Sin City. I love that. I love animation. I don't know if I've um uh, I don't know if I've beaten this ho- this dead horse enough, but animation is one of my favorite mediums. So. Um, I think I might actually check this out. It, it looks so cool, and I think my favorite episode though is episode two because I've, I've I've been well not on record. I've talked to people <laughs> before saying that like what I what I want like when they when they said they were gonna make an anime like a, like an anime Star Wars series, I'm just like man, just give me like a One Piece um, Naruto style <laughs> no. like shonen anime about a Jedi Padawan. Oh my god! I just I want I want that so bad, and we didn't get that with episode two, but the other one's called. Um, uh, Tatooine Rhapsody, I believe, and it centers around an ex-Jedi Padawan who left the Order during the Clone Wars. That's the big civil war during the uh, the prequel era. Um, pretty wild stuff, actually. Clones versus robots. Um, hmm. <laughs> crazy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he drops out of the Jedi Order, gets separated from his master, and drops out of the Jedi Order to join a pop punk band. I love that. Live, Live your dreams, man. It, it is it is like the funniest thing because like because like, everything else in Star Wars like like when you meet, I mean I'm wearing a um, Figrin Dan and the Modal Nodes T-shirt right now. Oh, nice. Um, like I was the, looking at that, I was like, the, what is that? Anybody unfamiliar? That is the uh, that's the Cantina band for the for the same guy. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And, um, but yeah, the, the, most Star Wars music that you hear is like super otherworldly, but like this legitimately just sounds like um, Blink-182, Sum 41-esque pop punk. Oh, let's go back to my childhood. And they basically like, like th- there's like this big performance they have at like this big race on Tatooine. And like they 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 play this pop punk. It basically sounds like an anime opening. Um, they play it so well that they even charm Boba Fett and Jabba the Hutt. It's like, wow! It's such a fun episode. Oh, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays the main character. I just found out this morning. Oh my god, I'm so gay for him. It is amazing. That that episode two. My my my, my brother was kind of just staring at the TV like, what in the hell <laughs> is going on? And I'm like, this is the greatest Star Wars thing of all time. I've seen pretty much all of it. This is great. Everything you're telling me is so up my alley. I I want this now. Uh, But yeah, I would highly recommend anybody, even if you're not that into Star Wars or maybe the Star Wars canon and backstory is a little intimidating. Seems like an insurmountable thing to get into. Um, I would suggest you give this a shot because this, this is um, I don't know if it's totally removed from canon because some of the stuff could get cherry picked because that's actually what they've been doing for a long time uh, between 1983 and 2011 or so uh, they had um, was what was basically just called the EU the extended universe and there was all these books and video games and you know tabletop games all this stuff that contributed to, like, this massive uh, Star Wars canon that stretched on for, like, you know, 20, 40 more years of history, even, like, going to, like, the super far future. Uh, But when Disney took over in the early 2010s, uh, they struck that off from the record, oh, and wow. uh, but they but 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 as they've been doing more as they've been doing more shows, they've done like two more of their own animated series, and you know obviously their new trilogy and all of the Star Wars story anthologies. Uh, they've been cherry picking things. Certain certain characters will show up, and I I could definitely imagine some of these like the the, the like legitimately the the samurai guy from Episode One. I hope he gets brought in somehow because he is so cool. Oh man, <laughs> it's this awesome anti-hero. Nothing's cooler than a samurai. Oh, no kidding. Um, it's so great. Um, okay, so I have prattled on about Star Wars enough. Leo, what are you watching? <laughs> um, so, you know me, cartoons. So I'm re-watching Gravity Falls. Oh, yes. I love Gravity Falls so much. Um, along with several of other shows on Hulu and Netflix, like Sex Education and Kid Cosmic. However, I've been so busy with producing this newspaper that my binging has slowed down just a little bit. Um, but Gravity Falls is my main one right now. So Gravity Falls is a Disney Channel and Disney XD original that ran from 2012 to 2014. And it centers around a pair of twins, Dipper and Mabel Pines, who are sent to live with their great uncle Stan for the summer in Gravity Falls, Oregon. Um, But there's a twist. There's a lot of supernatural shenanigans that go on in this town, and Dipper is so fixated on finding out, like, what the heck is happening behind it all. This cartoon is loosely based on the show creator's Alex Hirsch's own childhood with his own twin sister, and it's kind of based on loosely on how he and, and his sister would go spend their summers their summer vacations somewhere in Oregon. So, yeah, because yeah. I, I, I have to imagine being in the middle of nowhere in Oregon has got to be super creepy. I know, right? I mean, I've watched X-Files enough. <laughs> I know weird <laughs> stuff goes on out there. I know Bigfoot's a thing. But yeah, if, 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 if anybody's out there that hasn't checked out, that hasn't checked out Gravity Falls, um, if you have the time, get get on it. It's it's not that long. It only goes, uh, it's, it's, like, it's like two seasons, right? It's only a couple seasons long. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. It, 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 it's, it, it's actually pretty tightly constructed, actually. Um, 
it actually like when when you watch it, it actually kind of feels like it actually kind of feels like a summer like 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 the length of a summer vacation. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, and that's kind of the crazy thing about it too is that yeah, it, it does you you sometimes forget actually because so much so much stuff happens going into dream dimensions and dealing with demons <laughs> and um, animal head trophies that cry blood and. Um, <laughs> Just a lot of interesting, <laughs> unexplainable stuff. There's also the undead and some gnomes and zombies. Oh, wait, that's undead. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it's, it, it all takes place over the course of a summer, and, like, they, like, really stretch it. Like, one, one of my, like, one of the funniest things to me is that they, like, decided that they wanted to do a Halloween episode so bad that they just invented a new holiday <laughs> where, like, it's, it's called Summerween, where like they, they trick or treat and they wear costumes and everything, but instead of pumpkins because they're not in season, they, they, they use watermelons. They use watermelons. <laughs> yeah, they make jack o' melons. Um, but yeah, Gravity Falls. I the the, the best way I, I could describe it is if you took the X Files and you crossed it with The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah, that's that's that that sounds about right. <laughs> it's, it, it's got this whole overarching conspiracy story, monsters of the week, and just you spend a lot of time with just like the wacky people who live in this town. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just it's it's fantastic. It's definitely one of the best cartoons. Honestly, I might even say like one of the be- like the best kids show of the last decade. I would like to beg to differ and uh, give you Steven Universe on a platter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I guess I can't. Yeah, I can't. I can't really judge because I've seen like a combined like five episodes of Adventure Time. Oh man! And I watched the first segment of the first episode of Steven Universe. Ugh. <laughs> oh. A shame. Not, truly. not, not, not because of any like aversion to it or anything. It was more just like what happens to me with video games all the time. Um, I'll play a game and then I have to get up and do something, or it's dinner time or something, and then I go and then I just like decide, you know what, I'm gonna do something else. I'll get back to this tomorrow, and then it's tomorrow again, and then tomorrow again, and then suddenly it's been like five years since I've watched any Steven Universe, and everyone's like, how dare you be a pop culture fan okay. and not have seen Steven Universe? Okay, so I'm glad I'm not the only one who does this kind of thing. I have, If I'm not binging something, I will forget it, so... You know, no, I have to. Yeah, I have to. It's 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 so strange because I'll make it through like like I I can't make it through like a three four season show sometimes, but like I will shoot all the way through a huge a huge series. Man, yeah, I don't know. Like it's it takes me a while to get through some things. I even I wait for things until like they've been released for a good while. Like I wait for things to get onto the streaming services or on DVD when DVDs were still a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already omitting DVDs. They're obsolete. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I kind of wait on things. And, like, I literally have to binge things or else I will just set it down and never return to it. And then my girlfriend will be like, hey, you want to watch that again? I'll be like, yeah, let's pick it up again. Yeah, my, my sensibilities can be really weird. Like, a show can be, like, the most compelling thing in the world. But, like, I just will fall off. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like I said, I started watching The Sopranos. I haven't seen the Sopranos. Our advisor, Matt, got super mad at me because I've never watched any of The Wire. Yeah, I haven't watched um, The Sopranos or The Wire. And he's always telling me, watch this, watch that, watch Succession. I'm like, I'll, I'll do it eventually. <laughs> gotta, watch, gotta, gotta watch The Wire before you cancel this. <laughs> All right. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, like all, something like the most compelling, hard-hitting, dram- uh, dramatic drama in the world. And I'll fall off. 
But, like, I'll go week after week after week to watch episodes of Turner and Hooch on Disney Plus. And <laughs> I can't explain. People ask me, why do you, why, why are you, why are you, like, why are you so excited about Turner and Hooch? Why do you go back and watch it every week? I'm like, I don't know, man. It's so, <laughs> it's just such a comfortable, cozy show. Like, the, the cops are, the cops are actually, like, good, nice versions of cops. And they always, like, are going after the, they always they always go after the right people, and Aww. the cases are solved at the and, and and the cases are solved usually because like the dog farted or something. Like, <laughs> and it's just it's just it's it's just it's just so comforting. It like for some reason like Turner and Turner and Hooch like really just like grooves with my with my so with my with my anxiety, and it can like calm me down for an hour. I get you. I think that's the whole thing um, for me too. Like my I have all my I have a good handful of comfort TV that I go back to. And I'll ha- I've watched so many of these shows more than I'd like to admit. Actually, I'm not going to admit. Um, <laughs> and, like, there's all these new things that are just so great and out there. And everybody's like, yeah, this is awesome. This is pop culture. And I'm like, I like watching Steven Universe and Courage the Cowardly Dog. Like, that's always fun to go back to. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and sometimes, too, like, there, there isn't really a reason for it. Like I, like, I, like, I know a lot of people give me, like, side eye. I think you've given me side eye, actually, during when, I'm, when, I, when I talk about watching Turner and Hooch, which is the cop show. Um, but, yeah, like, it's, it's, mean... not, it's I, I, I just do want it on record. This is a little bit, little bit of a tangent. Um, I am not a fan of the criminal justice system. I, 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 I definitely, there are, there are very serious problems with it. But I am a fan of the pretend criminal justice system, <laughs> the, the ideal one, the one that works the way that it should work in real life. The one where we're like, hey, let's make these guys completely a okay. Yeah, it, it, and 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 yeah, like it, it, and, and it, it, this is also pretty far removed from that. That show is really far removed from all that kind of stuff. Like, there's mm-hmm. a lot of like they do a lot of like lately they've been um, instead of like getting into like manhunts and stuff, they, they do occasionally do fugitive stories, but they've been doing a lot of like bodyguard bodyguard oh, stories. Okay. Like like last episode was really nice. They did one where um, Josh Peck and um, Hooch. They had to go and um, they, they, had, they had to protect the sole witness that was going to take down this mobster. Um, and he was a kid with um, with like very with like very, very serious autism. Aww. And so they had to like learn how to connect with him because like, and the only person that connected them was who was was, was Hooch. So it, it, it was, it was, and, and, and so they had to like figure out how to get how to how to how to like gently get the information from this kid without overstimulating him and it was it was, it was it was a really nice friendly episode i like that and turner which is a very nice friendly show uh but let's uh as we're approaching about the 20 minute mark um let's let's get into <laughs> let's, let's get in, let's get into uh let's get into our 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 um our rewatch for this week mm-hmm. um as you probably noticed from the preview that we put out and from the episode title we're gonna be talking frazier today uh, so Frasier was a show that ran on NBC for 11 seasons from 1993 to 2004. Uh, so Dr. Frasier Crane is a Harvard-educated psychiatrist with, like, very snooty, high-minded taste. He likes opera. He likes wine. He likes fine French dining, all that kind of stuff. He's fussy. He's arrogant. He's very, very into his own... He's very, very into his own um, insular world and... The, but the, and and this does sound insufferable, I realize. But he's often played in a very lovable, silly way. Kelsey Grammer, who plays him, is absolutely fantastic. I actually did love him in Cheers. Cheers is the sitcom that I have watched, and that's the only way I know Frasier. Um, and he was actually my one of my favorite characters on Cheers. He's fantastic. Yeah, like <laughs> the, the, you, you can do that. And uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's funny you mentioned Cheers. Yes, Frasier was originally a character on Cheers. Frasier is a spinoff. 
Uh, Frazier was brought in as, and he was originally supposed to only be on for six episodes. He was just an obstacle for the whole Sam and Diane will they, won't they thing. Um, I would love to get into that one day because like, it's kind of funny because um, Sam and Diane are kind of like name checked, like along with Ross and Rachel as yeah. like one of like the prototypical will they, won't they romances. But it's kind of funny to me because Sam and Diane is not only super toxic and horrible, but I think it's done. I think, I think it's done that way on purpose. They're supposed oh. to be. Yeah. I, the, 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 like the, their, 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 their relationship, like not, not only are they wrong for each other, but so like wrong. the way that they relate to each other and the way that they interact and like the fights they get into, they're so over the top and so loud into the rafters that I'm pretty sure like that's supposed to be the bit is that these people are they're so wrong for each other on like a social human level but because they have this firework crackling sexual tension <sighs> they there's there's part of you that roots for it, 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 it's it's a very it's a very complicated situation to build a romantic comedy around but it's fascinating and I love that whole section of the show so yeah um I know it like oh my god I remember being so frustrated I was like can they just not <laughs> yeah, okay. I, oh my goodness and look y'all just because you don't want to be like we do you don't want to be like Sam and Diane no no I, I honestly would argue you don't want to be like Ross and Rachel either um. also that yes <laughs> um and it's it blows my mind that people are like I want to be like Ross and Rachel or like Sam and Diane and I'm like do you also want to be like Joker and Harley Quinn yeah no kidding right <laughs> um but yeah, so we, we'll, we'll definitely get into Sam and Diane one day. Let's. But, I can't um, wait. But yeah, so as I said before, Kelsey Grammer was only supposed to be Fraser Crane for uh, six episodes, but he turned out to be such a powerhouse performer, both comedically and dramatically, that he was added to the main cast uh, for the remainder of its 11 years. Cheers was on for 11 years, and he eventually got a spinoff, which also went on for 11 years. Oh, nice. Lucky it's number 11. It's wild. So yeah, the show Frasier, it follows the title character as he leaves Boston after his, uh, well, that's not spoils. That's not spoiler cheers. He moves, but uh, he, he leaves Boston, let's just say, and he moves back to his hometown of Seattle, Washington. Uh, he gets the job, he gets a job as the host of a radio call-in show where he, where he gives people like psychiatric advice. And he ends up uh, taking in his father, who's played by the, uh, the late and fantastic John Mahoney. Some of you might recognize him. Um, I don't remember his name. He was the old, he was the... He was he was the, he was one of the he was one, I think he was like the uh, like the like the the grizzled vet in Atlantis: The Lost Empire. Oh. Yeah, he, he did the voice of. The, he, I mean, he was in a million things. But I think that's the only other thing I really remember him from. Um, yeah, he's played by the late the, the late and fantastic John Mahoney, uh, who is a retired Seattle police officer who was injured in the line of duty, as well as uh, Daphne Moon, who is a combination uh, physical therapist and live-in housekeeper. You know that that I I would really love to get into some of those like speaking of um, Martin. Martin Crane being a police officer, they get into some weird conversations about his time as a cop oh, boy. in the show. Like, there's this one episode. I don't want to spoil it too much, but um, there's one where there's a, there's a court case, and there's a, there's, a, there's a court case that's in play, and it's it's not like a criminal thing or anything like that. Like, like I said, there's, there's a big story event that hinges. I don't want to spoil it for anybody that might want to watch Frasier, uh, but. The basic gist is that uh, Frazier is being asked to omit something in his testimony because it would, it, like I said, it's not for any criminal reasons. It's entirely like a letting somebody admit something, on, like, admit something emotional on their own time kind of thing. But Frazier's got such a rigid code of ethics that he 
he's, he's physically having trouble doing it. Like he he can't he can't lie. That's so funny. <laughs> and um, there and 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 there's then there's this dramatic monologue that uh, Martin has. There there's a scene with him and Fraser where uh, Martin admits straight up that he in order to get somebody that he knew was guilty that, that was how he put it i knew i knew this guy he needed mm. to, it, it it actually ends up sounding a lot like uh for anybody seen breaking bad the um uh mike's no more half measures speech Ooh, i mean okay. martin didn't kill anybody that but he of. did but he but but he does admit that he kind of took justice into his own hands and he lied under oath saying that he saw something that he didn't in order to get this guy a longer sentence. And what's messed up is that this was is, is that is that this is treated by the show. And I really do feel like this is the it's it, 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 it's kind of fascinating that like it follows really like super left-wing characters, um a, a lot of them. Um it does seem to be a very very right right-wing show because when Martin admits that he lied under oath in court to get a guy put in jail longer, the show treats it as that was the right thing to do. Oh, this guy goodness. needed to be taken into jail and like it is wild to me that the show took that stance. That's funny because cops aren't the judges. Mm-hmm. It's, <laughs> it's 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 really it's it's really um it's 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 really messed up, and yeah, there there are there are moments where Frasier gets as as is the case with any '90s sitcom. There are moments that I don't condone. There, this this episode's pretty light on that, but there are a few moments that I was a little. There a few of them where I was like, ugh, and a few where I was like, okay, maybe that wasn't nice. I I'm not sure if it's really harming anybody, but I mean, we'll we'll get into all that as we go. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of elements actually this episode doesn't deal with. Uh, there's a whole angle early on in the show where Daphne is supposed to be like psychic, <laughs> but they can't de- they can't decide if she's actually psychic or just very lucky. It kind of goes back and forth, so they they eventually drop that angle. Um, Niles usually um, his brother played by um, just the legendary David Hyde Pierce. He's he's so good, especially in this show. Like we don't get to see any of his um, physical comedy, which honestly I would say it like rivals uh, Michael Richards in Seinfeld. Like some of the falls that he takes are like, masterfully done. There's there's actually there's actually an episode of Valentine's Day one where uh, it's done with like three separate stories, and uh, Niles has the first story, and it's uh, it's totally a solo thing, and it's done entirely in silent comedy. And it's all just physical stuff. It is so cool. I can't remember the episode code, uh, but David Hyde Pierce is a legend. He's so fantastic. Most people really mostly know him for like his uh, his um, his voice work in like uh, Bugs Life and Treasure Planet. But um, he was the oh, but yeah, yeah, I can not get into the like a little bit confused. Um, he was the um, uh, he was he was the, he was the guy that I think worked. For Jim's mom, oh, okay. he was the yeah he was the he was the he was like the he was like the skinny alien guy with one eye. Okay, that makes sense. I love that guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't remember. It's been a while since I've seen Treasure Planet. Um, Same. So yeah, most most uh, most episodes of Frasier follow uh, Frasier and his brother Niles uh, dealing with trials the trials and tribulations of midlife, as well as their desperate attempts to remain on good terms with Seattle's high society. They get treated like buffoons for this because honestly, <laughs> it's silly. It's it's it's, it's very silly. <laughs> Um, it leads to a lot of explorations of uh, blue collar versus white collar lifestyles, and it shines. It's while while I do feel that the show, the show was kind of written by a lot of like you know very red right wingers, um, and yeah, we, we we will get into that one day. It's 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 in most episodes it's very balanced. I think it's very it, it shines a light on flaws and foibles on both sides of the coin, and it really it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't say that 
you know, if you're into fancy stuff, that you're just uh, that you're just like a that you're just like a, a sissy little dandy. And if you're, or if you're, um, and I'm, I put that in quotes, everybody, relax. <laughs> I don't use those words. Um, Not I. <laughs> or if you, or if you, um, or or if you're, or if you're like, or if you're like more like blue collar, that you're just this dirty, toxic lout, you know, like there's, <laughs> there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of balance and nuance for both sides of the coin. And that leads to a lot of very interesting discussions and arguments. Uh, moments, as I said. Have not aged very well. Mm. You'll see a lot, a lot, uh, where especially uh, where uh, Frasier's producer Roz, who's played by uh, Perry Gilpin, a lot of slut shaving, mm. a lot of it. Like there was one time where, like, I think Roz said something like, "Oh, if you, um, um, I've I've seen some research where um, people who get people people who are people who um, receive physical affection." are more likely to live longer. And Fraser responds, um, well, if that were true, then you'll outlive styrofoam. <laughs> oh it's mean. The voice, yes. Yeah, and there's, um, there's, there's, some fat, there's, there's fat shaming here and there. There's actually a whole arc where oh. someone gets pregnant, and the whole bit is that instead of like covering it up or kicking them out of the show, it all just becomes, oh, she got fat. She's gaining weight. Great. It's messed up. They could have done it like they did with the X-Files and Gillian uh, Anderson. They just started putting her in like bigger coats, baggier clothing for, towards the end of, I want to say the first or second season. And they even used her like pregnant belly as like a plot point in in the, like for a very quick scene in, in the X-Files. But like they handled her getting pregnant like tastefully. Yeah, and and actually, um, the, the the same the same actor she gets uh, she gets pregnant again later on in the uh, later on in the series, and this time, thankfully, they actually have okay. her be pregnant. They actually end up having a kid. Spoilers, oh. I guess. I don't know. Um, uh. <laughs> I, I didn't say with who, so relax. <laughs> um, one thing I will say though for this show, in terms of in terms of in terms of um, being ahead of its time and its politics, um, it does sidestep the gay panic. Um, you know that that's that's a that, for any for anybody unfamiliar. I, I'm sure everybody is at least a little bit. Um, most '90s sitcoms have an episode where somebody freaks out that they might be gay or that they might be turned gay or <sighs> you know, or they're or they're or they're or they're genuinely terrified. There's a there's a really there's, there's a really like lopsided episode of Cheers that deals with gay panic. Oh, I'm trying to remember the episode, but I'm sure I'll remember it after we're done recording. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a, it's 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 a pretty wild one. Maybe we'll get to that one one day. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, the show the show's actually very um the show is actually very like um progressive and open-minded about, you know, homosexuality at, at least. It, it gets a little weird about other parts of the LGBTQ+ spectrum. The other what? <laughs> no, just the wrong words? No, I... no, no. I mean like <laughs> cuz you know how like you know they mostly focus on the gay characters but not lesbians, bi's, trans, queers, etc. There there's there's a little bit of that. There's uh, there's actually there's actually um, an episode that's a little bit messed up that deals with trans stuff. Oh no. Um yeah, like I I I'll probably bring some of these up. It, it, it'll 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 probably hurt my feelings to have to have to, to have the trash Fraser, but I know you know it's so funny that um, I just want to say before we get into the episode recap, um, it's funny how these characters are portrayed as straight. When like I see Fraser and I'm like, this guy's a little fruity, isn't he? Oh, 100 percent. There's that. <laughs> yeah. There's there's this there's this there's this episode where um, Fraser is trying to set Daphne up on a date with his new uh, station manager, but it turns out that the station manager is gay, 
and he thinks that he's on a that he's on that he's on like a that he's on like a um, double date with Fraser. Oh my god! And um, yeah, at the at the at the end of the episode, like he's like, no, no, I'm um, uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's all it's like w- once everything comes to light, Fraser doesn't freak out or anything. He's all it's like, no, 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 I'm I I I'm not gay. Mm. And he's and 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 the and the and the station manager's like, well, that's a disappointment. Um, and like he, he he's he's not like going after Niles or anything, but he's like, so if you're it's like so if you're not gay, then come on, really, Niles has to be, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So I was wondering if they were gonna get into that. Like, are you sure you're not a little, you know? <laughs> that, that's pro- that's probably why they're so under they're so understanding about homosexuality because you know they're 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 definitely not like the pictures of conventional masculinity mm. and honestly that's probably why i attach this show so much because while it handles some other things really badly you know I've, I've said it before i'm no fan of that whole um conventional idea of masculinity so i appreciate that fraser that fraser's like that fraser's like yeah it's cool some the men go to go to a go to a spa and there's no like and, and there's no like sexuality tags to add to that and yeah. i appreciate that I appreciate that too because as a trans masculine person, I don't even know what masculinity is sometimes. I just I just vibe. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. It's like usually like whenever somebody's like like listing off things that you have to do to be to be a man, like no, you got to like sports. Well, I find sports boring. You got to drink beer. I think beer is gross. <laughs> you know, like it is all these all these all these things that don't check on the list and you know, that 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 caught like when I was younger, that caused that caused me a lot of anxiety because you know, I was thinking, so then what am I then if I'm not a man? Bro, I feel you that with the femininity and masculinity aspect because, you know, non-binary. So I'm like, OK, but really, what am I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I can I can definitely only imagine mm-hmm. what, what 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 you must have gone through in the past. Um, but yes, over the course of its 11 years, though, um, while there are missteps just based on just societal ideas and things that we just as a culture were not ready to engage with aside from a few you know rough moments uh the show has engaged with a lot of very tough topics and with a lot of nuance and maturity and it very rarely ignores a sense of humor like you don't see a lot of like very special episodes of Frasier like every episode will deal with something heavy and it's just not afraid to just be like um yeah we don't have to do a dramatic episode like we don't have like the Frasier never feels the pressure to end on a joke they'll just they'll just end a scene with a serious line or something to set up the next the next the next part of the story and it'll hmm. just and it'll just fade out and, and the whole show is actually very chill like there, there actually isn't even a theme song sequence there's just a quick there's just a quick oh, little yeah. you just you just see the logo they play some like super chill classy jazz yeah exactly and then and then we and then we cut right in huh. and yeah, yeah it's huh. a, yeah and and and, and, and that's another, probably another reason why i respond so much to it mm-hmm. uh so the episode that we're talking about uh this time around is one of my favorites. Uh, very low on societal stuff, so we're just gonna take a breath and just enjoy some good comedy this time. <sighs> um, it was season four, episode eighteen, uh, Ham Radio. So I love this episode. Um, <laughs> I, I think I, th- I think that the show is a good like starting point for Frasier because it demonstrates like what an amazing like even even when it's on its worst day in terms of like its attitudes about society, the show is one of the best written I've ever seen in my life. It won countless Emmys. Oh, I didn't know that. Lots of them. Oh yeah, like oh. It, it was it was it was raking them in with both hands. Like Frasier, Frasier, Frasier was a big deal. And um, this this episode especially, it plays kind of like an extended joke. It does a lot more legwork than shows usually want to do, and it 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 sets up and like it's it's kind of light on laughs early on. 
Like, you know, you'll get a, you'll get a couple chuckles here and there. Uh, but it sets up an extremely ambitious, honestly, I'd almost call it epic, uh, comedic set piece in the back half of the episode. The entire back half of the episode takes place, aside from a few flashes to somebody listening on the radio to the show, it takes place largely in one room. Mm-hmm. With a bunch of people. It's, 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 a very, it's, a very, it's a very busy, big scene. It so. actually had me stressed for a bit. <laughs> oh, it's wild. Yeah, that, that's pointing out the, that Fra- Frasier dips into um, really tense farce a lot of the time. So there will be these really, really, yeah, like you, you'll definitely, you, you, might, you, might, you might feel the tension. Um, so getting into the episode. Uh, we open on Frasier, who finishes his order at the Cafe Nervosa. That's their uh, that's their main hangout, their super uh, yuppie coffee joint. It's so funny. Cafe Nervosa is like... I'm nervous. I'm nervy. Pretty know, much, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so it's great. <laughs> uh, he joins his brother Niles and his dad Martin at the table, and he tells them about this big, exciting project he's taken on, uh, directing a 1940s-style live radio drama, Nightmare Inn. I love this stuff, uh, radio dramas. I'm really, I'm really, I'm so happy, just uh, on a quick tangent, that, that like, it's making a comeback these days mm-hmm. with podcasts. It's, it's so oh, great. Yeah. Honestly, uh, I don't know if I've mentioned this in the podcast already, but I legit fall asleep to spooky stories and um, creepy podcasts because I, I just, I don't know. It's, uh, it just really puts you in a mood. It, like it's soothing. The voices are just, they put you to sleep right away. I, I love it. I, I, I can't, I, I, I could never do that, honestly, because um, I have like specific pockets of horror that really bother me. Oh yeah. Um, when once they start getting into body horror, I'm like, no, I can't sleep with this. Oh, bo- body body horror, <laughs> pah, I can deal with that. What? Um, <laughs> I, uh, what, what really what really gets me is probably why like uh, like last like the, the show we were talking about last week, uh, Curse the Cowardly Dog. Um, why that gets me so much is when, whenever something um, encroaches on your safety. You know, mm, like like mm-hmm. you're supposed to be like a, a lot a lot of my a lot of my nightmares a lot of my nightmares when I was a kid. Um, would involve like I'd be in bed and there'd be like this loud booming voice outside my window like threatening me. Oh god! And I would like um, run out of my room to try to get to my parents in the living room, but like you know either the hallway would stretch or oh. I would be physically stopped and I'd keep falling over or something and the voice would be like echoing through the walls. Any pl- any place for like 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 ritual games mess me up like 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 the midnight man the idea mm-hmm. of the midnight man terrifies me because I'm thinking I would I would never in a million years want to let this thing inside my house right oh yeah that sounds terrifying okay well that was a tangent um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> they don't play any ritual games in subset of Frasier although I really would love to see that episode right <laughs> so Niles is skeptical of Frasier's motives. Reminding him that he has an Orson Welles complex where you know he won't stop directing, keeps giving people endless notes, and there's there's there's, there's even this thing where like I I guess when they were in school they staged uh, Richard the Third, and it ended with and 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 it ended up with um our our, our main star chasing you around the stage with his hump, <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah uh, Fraser Fraser is a Fraser is a little bit of a rough director, and he 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 denies this. He claims that the only, all he did was help cut down the script to fit the time slot. Martin picks up the copy of the script that they drops on the table and sees that on the cover, it's now titled Frasier Crane's Nightmare Inn. So, Unbearable. <laughs> Frasier is like, Frasier's the best at times, but it can be often the worst. So later, later on, uh, Frasier finishes an episode of his radio show with a teaser for Nightmare Inn, complete with a uh, spooky Haunted Mansion ghost host voice that you'll never know who's hiding in the shadows. That's so good. <laughs> and 
Uh, his producer, Roz, informs him that, no, oh, that's going to be great for the woman who called in about her paranoia. Oopsie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so once the once they once the mics go cold, uh, the resident food critic Gil Chesterton uh, he comes in and he lobbies for a specific part, but Fraser suggests another. Uh, Gil accepts and he's jazzed by a very specific monologue that the character gets to deliver about his boyhood in Surrey. <laughs> um, yeah, let's talk about Gil for a second. Let's let's. Gil's Gil's a little bit of a tricky character. Mm-hmm. Uh, the actor uh, Edward Hibbert, he is hilarious. I love Gil. Um, and he brings a lot of energy and, and character to this part. But the whole running gag with him is that um, it's not clear if he's closeted gay or if he's in denial gay. Hmm. But either way, he get, the, the show makes fun of him a lot for that. Like, I, like, he, like he, he claims to have a wife who is either like, who is either like a cover or non-existent. <laughs> Ah, the classic beard. I yeah, see. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we never we never see his wife. I believe her name is Deborah. Hmm. We they we never we never see her actually show up. He's always got excuses why she's not there, and so I'm. They, they, they go back and forth. You never know whether whether she's non-existent or if she's just or if she just like you said his beard. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's 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 a little frustrating because you know the show is capable of being better than the stuff, but it loves to take its cheap pot shots, and I it all it all it all it, I, it, it rubs up against me real hard whenever that happens. I don't like it. Behold, a homosexual laugh. That that's kind of how it's right. Yeah, about <laughs> yeah. It's like ha ha ha. He's gay. Ha ha ha. Roz is a slut. You know all this all this horrible stuff. It's Ooh. it's it's terrible. <laughs> It, it, it can get it can get very bad sometimes. Mm-hmm. I love this show very much, but I have to I have to do the. It, it is very imperfect about its treatment of specific groups and lifestyles. That's when you have to like turn off your brain a little bit to enjoy some things, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, about that. Aside uh, aside from this episode, I've only watched the pilot of Frasier, so I'm not familiar with like a lot of the characters. But I immediately picked up on the queer coding on Gil. And um, I really think how older I think it's really funny how older shows make flamboyant characters closeted when more often than not, in reality, closeted gay folk tend to lean into heteronormativity pretty hard. Like you'll see instances of overcompensations in terms of like the normative femininity or masculinity instead of them being a little fruity or flamboyant, you know? Yeah. So I, I just think it's funny how people think like, oh, he's so closeted gay because he's not expli- explicitly saying he's gay or something like that. But yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's very, it's 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 very, it's 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 very strange. And um, yeah, and, and, and what always bugs me about, about like characters like Gil, the way they get used is that um, back in the 90s, like that was, that was how shows were like, you see, see, we're progressive. We have a gay character. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> And they wanted like pats on the back and a medal and a cookie, you know. And it's just without actually saying explicitly that the person is gay. Oh, a gay Disney! Character. Disney is so bad with that. Thanks, Disney. Oh my god! <laughs> like, I I I I actually got really agitated um, in Jungle Cruise because um, I don't know if you saw Jungle Cruise. I haven't. Um, well, one of the main characters is uh, uh, Emily Blunt's brother, mm. and um, he he like he like he. He is almost explicitly refer, um, referred to as gay. Like they they almost say that he's gay, but they never actually like say the words. Like oh he just goodness. says, "Oh, they wanted me to marry a, wanted me to marry a, uh, marry a well-to-do woman, and blah blah blah, and all this stuff." Um, but unfortunately, my interests lie elsewhere. <laughs> 
So are you ace, honey? Are you? Come on, tell us. <laughs> yeah, they don't. Yeah, they just they just they just don't want to say it because I'm fairly certain that the you know the Chinese government not so great on mm. the idea of the LGBTQ plus community. <laughs> I mean, is anybody pretty, and is any government okay with the LGBTQ plus community? Let's be real here. Well, I know that especially out there, it's 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 pretty bad. I don't know the specifics, but I know that it's like it's like really bad. And Disney knows that like the Chinese market is a big part of their thing, so they like to they like to hide this. They they, they want to get credit for being progressive here in like in, in like in like in like the Western world. I see. But in but but they but they want to keep it vague enough that they can cut this out or have some plausible deniability when it comes to the Chinese market. It's messed up and I hate it. I hate it too. <laughs> okay. I keep getting pulled away. <laughs> I know. So sorry y'all. <laughs> very unfocused. Um so next we meet uh Bob Bulldog Briscoe, who is much like Buck Strickland from King of the Hill, a giant scumbag. Yeah. He's the host of the Gonzo Sports Show, who, and he immediately follows Frasier. Um, he lobbies Frasier to cast his girlfriend, who is implied at first to at least be a stripper. <laughs> Make that money. Uh, and they agree. You know, Fra- um, Frasier and Roz both agree. But he has to take a part, too. So Frasier expresses some worry that he may have to, quote, bite the bullet <laughs> and, take the- and play the lead role of the inspector himself. We know he is full of crap because oh, yeah. he pa- they pass a guy in the hallway who is like absolutely perfect for the role of the inspector. Mm-hmm. But he's like, oh, sorry, sorry, the fl- role's already been filled. It's already been filled by moi. I, yeah, I, I, I love these opening scenes because it's really efficient screenwriting. Um, all the clashing motivations are beginning to be set up like dominoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could see it all laid out before. Be- you Like... The episode lays it out so perfectly. Like, I could see the whole setup as it was happening, and I'm like, this is going to fall apart. That's going to fall apart. Oh, yeah. You, you know that, like, the egos are the egos are starting to get puffed up, and uh, it's going to get wild. And it hasn't even started. <laughs> oh, yeah. So later that day, everyone gathers at Fraser's apartment for the rehearsal, and uh, we witness... I'm going to... I'm going to... Um, I'm, I'm just going to... I'm just going to uh, just, 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 just plow straight ahead through these. Um, some new developments. So we don't meet Bulldog's girlfriend. That that that's a very that's a very big glaring omission. Uh, but Frazier's like, it's apparently fine because she only has one line. Look out, he's got a gun. And uh, there's one, and also there's one man, professional voice actor, who is playing uh, like six or seven parts, like 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 doing accents. That voice actor's name in the in the that character's name is Mel White, which I'm pretty sure is a direct reference to Mel Blanc, who is the famous voice behind Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, and all those Looney Boys. I did not pick that up. Mm, that I picked it up immediately. Great. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. So, we also find out that Gil has had a few lines cut. He's not happy, but he's fine as long as he gets to do his boyhood in Saturday speech. <laughs> oh my god! Every time. <laughs> Um, and Roz is reading her lines with her mouth full. Frazier does not like this. <laughs> Don't read your lines with your mouth full. Uh, another bit that comes up forward is that Bulldog is playing a silk merchant named Mr. Wang. Has to be changed because Bulldog is 12 and he can't handle it. So they changed it to Mr. Wing. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not entirely clear whether, maybe it's a combination of the two, whether Bulldog's a monster or if this is just the 1940s radio play. But the part of Mr. W- uh, Mr. Wang slash Wing is horrifyingly racist. Absolutely. They even cast him as a silk 
merchant. Yeah, I, it's come so, on, guys. It's so bad. I mean, yeah, they they, they address it though. Roz Roz says um, Chinese embassy on line one. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, I'm glad you at least called that out. <laughs> oh no, yeah, like they're yeah they 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 were they were very attuned to that. Like they were not okay with this, and and that's that, that that's what I think. Like this kind of humor is okay just as long as the tone is right. As mm. long as long as you are condemning the behavior. Oh my God, Karen! You can't just say something like that. So yeah, everyone everyone violently objects, especially Roz, as I said. And Fraser promises to adjust his dialogue later. Um, whether or not we hear his dialogue is unknown. Ooh. <laughs> um, and then probably the biggest event of this of this moment, uh, Fraser gives one too many notes to the voice actor who quits the show. I love the notes that he gives. Him. Oh my god! <laughs> and it's like he, he just he just like he just like he just like pops because he's like he's like you also told me that my gamekeeper sounded too cultured, that my Irish friend sounded more Protestant than Catholic, and that my dwarf was too tall. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> How do you know these things? <laughs> it's so wild. Fraser's such a oh. such a snob. Um, so yeah, if you watch this episode with us, you will know that all of this stuff is going to become important later. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they, they, they need to figure it out. Frazier says, I'll, I'll, I'll figure out what to do next. Um, and so the next day, we see people beginning to gather in the studio for the big show. Now, we follow up on a few of these things now. Um, his brother Niles is brought in as the voice actor's replacement, although he wasn't told that he'd be playing multiple parts. Ooh, buddy. <laughs> uh, we're finally introduced to Bulldog's girlfriend, Maxine. Um, it is also abruptly revealed that she's dyslexic. And Fraser's like, why would you not share this information? <laughs> All the hottest girls are dyslexic out there. Come on. <laughs> and, um, and, 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 and kind of a strange but really, like, but really um, fun way to follow up on Roz's thing. Roz is late because she had to go in for an emergency dental procedure. And the Novocaine is taking more time than usual to wear off. So her whole mouth is swollen. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. And you know what? As a patient of uh, multiple root canals because of bad dental genes, I, I, I know this pain all too well, like biting your lip over and over and over again because you can't feel your mouth. I actually like the dentist. <laughs> Shoot me. <laughs> I do want to mention as soon as they get into the studio, once uh, my, my favorite part is the sound effects booth. That was really tickling my ASMR and kind of giving me insight into how radio was produced back in the day. And oh, such. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Noel's, Noel's, um, Noel gets made fun of a lot. He gets like, I, like, like he gets all kinds of crap for being Aww. a Star Trek fan. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, it's so mean. Uh, they, they actually, for some reason, I, the, I, I don't know if like the writers of Frasier, like, loved Star Trek and just like ragged on it for fun, or if they just like hated Star Trek with every fiber of their being. But like they rag on Star Trek all the time. I think everybody's just afraid to know, for their potential love for Star Trek if they get into it. Don't be afraid, y'all. Lean into it. <laughs> yeah, and um yeah, it's yeah, exactly. Like just this just 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 come out with it. I, I know that would probably never that would probably yeah it, would, it wouldn't happen in, in a show today. No. Um and one other thing too is that Bulldog has extreme stage fright. Completely like, frozen. Extreme. So all of these um all of these new problems in mind, the show begins. Uh we cut a few times we cut. Largely, we stay in the studio, but we do cut to uh, Martin and Daphne listening from the apartment. And uh, I just wanted to put in real quick, I didn't mention him before, we finally get an appearance from Eddie, who is uh, Martin's Jack Russell Terrier, who makes Frazier's life a living hell. Uh, this really has nothing to do with anything, because he doesn't really have a whole lot to do, but 
I just want you to know, everybody, Eddie's like the true star of the show. He's the like the best dog actor I've ever seen in my entire life. And he's used in a way that's not obnoxious. I love like they, that. They balance him absolutely perfectly. Like some of the some of the stuff he does is hilarious. Like the funniest dog I've ever seen in anything. I love when they pan to him in this episode with his little tongue out and he's just like reacting apparently to the yeah to he's what's like going his on. head yeah oh yeah, yeah Eddie Eddie knows what's going on he's like so like he's cute. he's a super he's a super smart dog and like a lot of the time he knows exactly what's going on Aww. yeah Eddie's Eddie's fantastic how nice so yeah everybody watch Frasier even if it's just for Eddie just for Eddie. Um, so everything starts off according to plan. The inspector arrives at the inn. Carlotta, who's Ross's character, opens the door. Things fly off the rails right from here because as because her mouth is so her mouth is so um, so swollen, <laughs> she's incapable of saying her lines. <laughs> and um, yeah, so so like so like so like she yeah like like she, like she says something like um it's like it's like I I can't believe that my that my uh, that, that one of my guests can be a multiple murderer. <laughs> And Fraser gives her this horrifying look before he says, that's easy for you to say. It's just gold. Nobody mixes emotions in a hilarious way like Kelsey Grammer. Like, his face voice acting is, like, super on point. This was actually great writing because it was hilarious that the des- the dental procedure was the reason that gave, that was the thing that gave her that hint of a distinct accent. Yeah, the exotic <laughs> accent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot to mention that. Yeah, um, Car- Carlotta is supposed to have a, a hint of some exotic accent. Yeah, and it's just... No, I just had a tooth procedure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, Bulldog freezes up entirely. So Fraser is forced to improvise. He has to do that a lot in this in, the, in this thing. Um, he improvises a line that both establishes him as um, establishes him as mute, which is honestly probably for the best, yes. given Mister Wing slash Wang's dialogue, <sighs> and um, as wearing a bell on his hat that always that always that always that always just kills me where he's like where, where he's where he's where he's like where he's like so did you see the groundskeeper outside ding 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 no way eh? i'll remember you said that <laughs> love it um and so yeah we, we we see we see that um there's four characters that niles has to play um right in a row and Fraser keeps pointing at him to cue him and like niles is like panicking like you can see the look on his face like not, not david hyde pierce also has great panic faces Oh yeah, I was noticing. Oh god, I that this as soon as the radio show started, I was just laughing nonstop. It, yeah, like 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 the, it, it's it's all like the, like this episode was not afraid to play the long game because it's 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 pretty quiet early on, but once the show starts, it is a it is it is like one of like the best. Like if if I had to like name like big distinct comedic set pieces, I'd probably say watch the last half. Of, well, watch the entirety of Radio Ham on Frasier. Like that's an amazing episode. Hmm. Uh, so and then and then at one point the phone also rings in the studio <laughs> because nobody silenced it just as Fraser mentions that the phone lines have been cut so he has to so he has to improvise another line the the phone lines have been repaired you say what no they've gone dead again <laughs> and he says this all like there's this crazy like glint in his eyes like he's just um, he he gives such an amazing physical performance as I said like Kelsey Grammer like he's not as good a pratfaller as as David Hyde Pierce but like the faces that Frasier makes are like uniformly gold they're like, amazing yeah I, I I just really wish that at some point in this episode we could have gotten to see David Hyde Pierce fall down because he is so good <laughs> uh, so thankfully at this point they take a commercial break. Uh, Martin and Daphne, they turn off the radio and are deeply confused by all of this. Uh, Niles is very understandably furious, even more so when Fraser gives him notes. He kind of just, he kind of just, he kind of just like jabs his finger at him. Don't direct me. 
And like as somebody with like a bossy sister, I feel Niles here. Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yes, the deal with that. And then, of course, Fraser has to go and give Gil the unfortunate news that the boyhood and Surrey speech has been cut for time. Oh, no. Gil, Gil does not take kindly. <laughs> so things seem to be back on track at first after the break. Uh, but then Noel puts in the wrong soundtrack tape. And it's this, like, super cheery-sounding Calliope song. So Fraser has to improvise again that the ice cream truck <laughs> showed by. And it's like, well, that was strange. Let's move on. Oh, my God. Everything is just going wrong at every turn. It's so bad. Finally, it's time for Bulldog's girlfriend Maxine's line. And um, so she lets out a scream. Perfect, fantastic scream. But she says, and this is no offense to our dyslexic <laughs> friends out there. Look out! He's got a nug! And Fraser is like, he's holding his script with both hands and he has this like crazy, panicked and furious look on his face. And he has to like, a, a gun! A gun is what he's got! He's shaking with anger. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's like rage and panic at the same time. <laughs> um, so because of the, uh, the Boyhood and Surrey speech getting cut, um, Gil's character is killed off right away. But by God, Gil Chesterton is getting his monologue. And what follows is an absolutely gold, like, improv battle, basically, between two people. So Frasier, so, 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 so he, so he just starts doing his monologue. He just starts doing his, um, uh, yeah, that, uh, reminds me of my boyhood in Surrey, romping to the pens and spinnies, you know, <laughs> this whole thing. And so Frasier goes over to the sound, the soundboard, the, the sound table, and improvises another gunshot. They're using, uh, they're using, uh, they're using, um, in, the, in this case, uh, balloons to simulate the gunshots. I, I think I talked about that before. Like, um, Noel, Noel the, uh, who's, who, who usually works in sales, he has this whole table of, of just goodies. He's got bells. He's got a door rig. He's got yeah, a bundle of balloons and um, a thunder screen. Again, really tickles my ASMR. Really so cool. <laughs> like I want, I, I, if, if 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 I was if I, if I was just a new like audio producer, I'd want to make a show like that. Right. <laughs> oh goodness. So cool. Um, so Fraser grabs the bundle of balloons, which makes many appearances during this during this thing, <laughs> and um, he tries to improvise another gunshot to uh, finish Gil off. Gil claims, though, like a petulant ten-year-old playing. <laughs> Playing, uh, playing cops and robbers, that the bullet only grazed him, and he continues the monologue. You're cheating at pretending. Yeah. <laughs> so Frazier hits back with another improv that claims that another gunshot totally just obliterated Gil's head, <laughs> and so and so and so Gil has the sniffy look on his face. He marches over to the door rig, knocks on the door, opens it, and claims that he is. Um, his character's long-lost brother, Cedric, <laughs> who is reminded of their boyhood in Surrey. <laughs> so he continues the monologue. And so Fraser improvs yet another gunshot, which, according to him, wipes out the last surviving member of the Fairchild family. <laughs> Gil refuses to give in. Still. And so he goes back to the door and, sa and now claims to be the ice cream man. <laughs> Who is along with a who is a friend, an old friend of Gil's character, who remembers their boyhood and sewing friends in space. And um, another typical example of white showrunners burying their gaze. It's wild. Yeah. <laughs> and so during the ice cream man part, the, um, we cut back to the apartment. Everybody's watching it. Um, Eddie cocks his head at the gunshot. At the gunshot. And um, Daphne is horrified. At the bloodbath that this play is becoming, Martin's just bummed. He's just like, "This is why I like TV better. You want to be able to see this stuff." 
So we get so we cut back to the studio, and Niles is getting ready to bring the play home. But he becomes frustrated with Frazier's over-the-top directing. He's like doing these really, really big dramatic uh, gestures, like like just like really feeling. He has like two doing like the Tommy Wiseau tearing me apart, Lisa thing with his <laughs> fists. Like he's just really getting into it. Um, and and Niles just says, "All right, that's it." And he drops the script, and he just murders the rest of the characters. Not literally, but <laughs> no, 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 that was in quotes in, in the outline. Um, right. He grabs, yeah, he grabs Noel's balloons and he just has, and he just name name checks everybody, and just pops the balloons. He, at one point, he's running low on running low on balloons, so he asks two, so he asks like the two uh, twin characters to stand back to back, <laughs> running low on bullets. I always love his line where he's like, uh, "If you could just stand, if you could just stand back to back, I'm low on bullets. Thank you, bang." <laughs> Just the way she says, thank you, kills me. Oh, my God. And so back to the sibling thing. Nobody knows you better than your siblings. And boy, do they know how to hit you deep and really twist the knife. Like, I remember my siblings and I would get so frustrated with each other. And we just, like, kill each other's dreams and self-esteem, much like Niles did to Fraser here with his characters. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you get a lot of that in, 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 in this show. I like that. There's, like, like they, they, they regressed their childhood um, a lot. Oh, and and then and, and they 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 into a lot of petty arguing. There's there's, there's even like one moment where I think like Frazier is thinking about going back into private psychiatric practice. Cause we, we we forgot to mention um, Niles is also a psychiatrist. Oh okay. So yeah, they're both they're both they're both psychiatrists. Niles doesn't have a whole lot of respect for the turn that his brother's career took into show business, and so they have this. And so yeah, there's there's like a little bit of a back and forth between them. And at one point, uh, Frazier is contemplating going back into private practice. And at one point, Niles is just like, um, I can never have anything that's just mine. Oh my God. This is just like when I discovered fencing and backgammon. <laughs> it's just that's that's literally my sister and my sibling all the time like i was into this before you i can never do this on my own <laughs> yeah that, that 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 is definitely one of the one of the best things in the show is the is the and, and this this one doesn't get too much into it it touches on it but yeah the, the, the show spends a lot of time on the dynamic between Fraser and niles and that is one of the best things siblings am i right <laughs> so yeah so niles niles is on a niles is on a killing spree <laughs> Just, just ending everybody. Everyone's just, everyone's just given up at this point, and they just like drop their script on the floor, and they just walk off to the side of the room. And um, finally, he finishes off, and of course, saving one final bullet for myself, so the mystery will die with me. And he leans into the mic and lets out this very petty ha <laughs> as he walks away. So Fraser is now the only surviving character left in the in the in the fiction of this universe, and is forced to um, finish the show alone. So that just about wraps things up. Hans, who that was that was that was that was that was that was the character I guess was the killer. Hans was a mass murderer to the surprise of everyone. Oh my god! And so I swore never to return to Nightmare Inn, and like Bulldog's character, that's probably for the best. Yes. So yeah, the show the show the show ends nine minutes early. Which is hilarious because that was something that Fraser was so concerned about was the runtime. Fitting it's into the time so slot. Funny. And so he's like, so does anybody want to have a post-play discussion? And, and everyone's like, just, screw you, and they leave. <laughs> and that brings the main part of the episode home. Uh, one of my favorite things, though, that Frasier does is uh, it saves its theme song. There's, I mean, everybody's heard reference, I think, to Toss Salad, Toss Salad and Scrambled Eggs, the theme song to Seinfeld. It's a really jazzy thing that Kelsey Grammer sings. Um, 
It saves its theme song for the end of the show rather than the beginning. And it plays it over the credits and a quick little bit of silent comedy every episode. Well, most every episode. It's something really serious happens at the end of an episode. They'll usually just do like um, some, some, just, some just panning shots over Fraser's apartment uh, with the lights out. If it's a really serious business episode, it only happens a few times throughout Ooh. the show. But usually we'll do like yeah, a little, 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 little goofy bit of silent comedy. Uh, in this particular case, uh, Noel is left alone. Just poor Noel. Oh. He just gets crapped on so much on this show. <laughs> he guy. is left alone in the studio cleaning up the mess that the cast left. All the pop balloons and the... Because obviously when, when Niles finished, he threw the balloons on the floor. Oh, yeah. I remember Everybody that. dropped their scripts on the ground. So Noel's cleaning up, getting everything put away. And... He picks up a little bit of the script, then he walks up to the mic, and you know you can see you can see through his gestures that he's that he's like trying to try try to send some of the script. Roz is watching him through the window, and she sneaks in and pops the last balloon, which scares the living <laughs> crap out of him. He faints. <laughs> These bits—they're not usually the like laugh out loud funniest, but they're almost always like charming and cute. It was cute. It was pretty funny. All right, Tim, how does this episode hold up? Well, there are a few moments here that have not aged particularly well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the joke about Gil, sec- the jokes about Gil's sexuality, always worth in. I've never been a never been a pretty uh, a big fan of those. Mm-hmm. I, I I I probably would really dislike the character of Gil if it weren't for how charming and hilarious his actor is. Um, and I don't know like how bad it's like harming anybody. I I I don't have the, I don't have this context. But Niles doing the dwarf voice by sucking in helium. <sighs> that was sketchy. That was tired. That was not. Yeah, it wasn't really. I, I these are. It's a small moment, and like I am totally open to like somebody who does have that that particular condition mm-hmm. telling me. Oh, I, I, I have no problem with that at all. Yeah. Um, and I'd be like, okay, fine. I I didn't find it particularly funny, but okay. Uh, but you, we can all agree though that likely would not have been done today. That would not have passed anybody's uh, no. writing room today. So, yeah, aside from a few sketchy moments. Um. This, taken as a piece of screenwriting, uh, I would say there aren't really very many episodes of television that rival it. Um, every goofy thing that happens during the performance of Nightmare Inn is either set up or foreshadowed early on in the episode. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing plays like a joke that takes a half hour to unfold. It's kind of, it's basically, I, I think I mentioned it earlier, it's like, or um, off mic, that it's kind of like there's like... 20 Chekhov guns <laughs> yeah. that all blow Frazier's head off at the end of the at the, at the end of the episode. And um, it may not give new viewers much of an idea of what a typical episode of Frasier is like. You know, we don't get a lot of um, not a lot of Martin uh, fighting with them over, you know, the new way of doing things versus the old fashioned way. Uh, there's not a lot of Daphne. Jane Leaves is fantastic, by the way, as Daphne. Like she, 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 she brings what she can to the small role she gets in this episode. Mm-hmm. But like, she has me rolling sometimes. She is like, she is really funny. I don't know how she doesn't have more work. Jane Leaves. Everybody, give her more work, please. Please. <laughs> um, and Eddie as well. All these characters are just woefully underused. Uh, but I do think though that it makes a really wonderful hook for the series. Like if I want, like if somebody wanted to, like, like, like if I wanted to, like try to, like get somebody at least a little bit interested in what Frasier is like, I'd say, yeah, check out, check out Ham Radio or check out the Ski Lodge, one of the crazy, goofy, farce episodes. You know, that's funny because uh, we watched this episode and once we were finished with it, my girlfriend was like, that was funny. Are all the episodes this funny? And I'm like, I honestly have no clue. (laughs) But yeah, um, there are definitely some outdated and distasteful moments like you had mentioned, uh, like the racist voice acting, the gay bashing, etc. I also found myself adjusting to the laugh track and we were talking about this off mic. 
Um, that's something I haven't dealt with in a while with a show because everything I've been watching lately doesn't have a laugh track. Um, I feel like laugh tracks try too hard. And throughout some of it, I'm like, wait, was that supposed to be, was I supposed to be laughing at that moment? Dang it. I feel like I missed the joke, but no. Um, Leading up to the radio show was so stressful for me because I like to plan things out more thoroughly than Fraser did. And usually not the day before you go live. Oh my God. Yeah. When I found out they they were doing this like the day before, I was like, are you, you're still casting? Oh my God. You're still casting, dude? That was so stressful. I'm like, you should have had, you should cancel it now. Um... Yeah, it's just, I could see, you could just see the train derailing well before it began. Uh, once the radio show began, however, I found myself laughing so hard at all the unexpected twists. And I think the radio bit helped, held up. I think the radio bit held up well. And um, I would like to revisit Frasier again after this, aside from all those problematic things that we listed earlier. Because mm-hmm. you really talk it up a lot and, you know, it sounds really cool. I do feel like I have to turn off my brain for a lot of shows like this to try and enjoy them, though, because it's hard to consume media without it, without encountering racism, fat phobia, homophobia, and the likes, you know? Oh, yes. But yeah, sure. this was a great episode to to watch. Oh, this was fantastic, yeah. <laughs> and going back a little bit to what you said about the um, the laugh track, um, that yeah, it, it, I mentioned also off mic that um, this was in like the heyday of that kind of multi-cam sitcom. And um, there is a difference between um, there's there, there's like there's like laugh track like you, you get a laugh track in um, like How I Met Your Mother where like it's actually like a sound effect, but with a lot of these shows in like the 80s and 90s, uh, they were usually they were usually filmed in front of a live studio audience. So these were like real people reacting <gasps> to real, real like real jokes that were playing. That out was in front real. Of them. Oh my god. Yeah, okay. and, and, and so yeah, and, 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 and there's yeah like we we actually don't there's actually not a whole lot of shows like that. Like I think like the Roseanne continuation, uh, the Connors, that's the mm-hmm. only one I know of for sure that I think is doing is doing is doing live studio audience stuff. So it's not just canned laughter. Yeah, the yeah I think there there, there might be there might be some just to goose it up a little bit. But yeah, a, a lot of these shows. I mean, they don't. They don't. They at, at some point they stop doing. Like every episode of Cheers tells you at the beginning that it's filmed before a live studio audience. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm pretty sure that aside from a few episodes, um, or a few or a few like segments, like as I mentioned before, that silent comedy bit with Niles in the Valentine's Day episode, that one had to be done without an audience because uh, fire is involved. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, it gets cool. wild that episode. We'll, we'll, maybe we'll talk about that one day. Let's do it. Um, but uh, but yeah, it, it it definitely does. Um, multicam versus single cam, it, it's all it's it's a it's a it's a very different vibe, and it's done to varying degrees of success. Because yeah, a bad a bad multicam sitcom can be insufferable. Hmm. But like a show that like a show that like is done with a, done with a live studio audience, like you know like a Seinfeld or a Cheers or a Frasier, where there's like big comedy happening and the you know, performers are feeding off of the audience of the, uh, they're feeding off of the audience's energy and vice versa. The audience is also, well, I mean, they're also juicing. I've, 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 I've heard they, they, um, they, they give out like boatloads of candy during those things. So everybody's all hopped up on sugar Ooh, yeah. and the uh, studio is like super cold so that everybody's like super like energetic and not like their brain's not melting. So they, they, they get they get they get you all ready to have a good time. There's like warm up comedians and stuff. Like they, they have they have a whole system in place to get the to get the audience energetic. Huh, and then the they tricks. just kinda and then that energy just gets exchanged back and forth in like a symbiotic relationship. I kinda like that. It sounds so cool. I wanna go to a I, 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 
Maybe if the world ever returns to normal, I want to go to. I want to go to a, like a, a live sitcom taping one day. We'll see. <laughs> It'd be so cool. Uh, but yeah, I think that just about does it for Ham Radio. Uh, so uh, before we leave, uh, I just want to let everybody remind everybody to keep an eye on this podcast network. Uh, check out uh, Field of View which is our sports podcast with Brian Calderon and Jesus Coronel. Uh, they've been talking less about Formula One lately. <laughs> well, at least, at least because I think, I think they're on a break right now. They're on a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there will probably be more race talk, actually, because this weekend uh, a few of us are going to be going out to cover the Acura Grand Prix in Long Beach, which will be neat. <laughs> That should be fun. I don't know what's going on, but it'll be neat. <laughs> yeah, uh, Tim and I aren't the sports people. It's uh, Jesus and Brian. So it'll be an interesting experience. I'm, I'm legitimately there to carry the Zoom mic. <laughs> yeah. like, just, just, just put it in the racer's face. Like, yeah, you, you guys ask the questions. I'm just here to hold the little. And I'm the photographer slash videographer slash editor-in-chief. So, yeah, you know. We ended, we ended up a little shorthanded on this one. So it's going to be interesting. We can do it. We'll be fine. Oh, I'm sure we will. Uh, but, yeah, we have a few other podcasts in the works that we're not quite ready to announce yet. But we are closing in. Uh, check out our website, viewpointsonline.org. And uh, you can also find us on the various social medias on Facebook, Riverside City College Viewpoints, as well as on Twitter and Instagram at RCC Viewpoints. If you want to find us personally, um, I also host a podcast or co-host a podcast outside of the Viewpoints universe. It's called The Super Awesome Variety Show with my friend Brandon Eska. Uh, We talk about a lot of pop culture and movies and video games and all that various kind of stuff. We also get into very bizarre side conversations and cartoon character impressions and uh just general insanity because i can't do a podcast unless i'm like super juiced on caffeine oh boy and that always brings me to some weird places (laughs) (laughs) the the caffeine shakes uh yeah exactly right (laughs) uh you can find us on instagram at super awesome variety show and on twitter at savs pod uh fair warning the language is a little bit saltier than you'll hear than you'll hear here Uh, and you can find me myself on Twitter and Instagram, at Nacy Tim. That is spelled N-A-C-E-Y. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Chupacabral. It is C-H-U-P-A-C-A-B-R-A-L underscore. It's like Chupacabra, but my last name and underscore. So, <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead and find us, follow us, enjoy, um, interact with us if you'd like. And remember, we're always watching, so pick up the paper. It's free. <laughs> completely free we'll know if you take one and if you don't <laughs> monitoring got counters and fingerprint readers we will we will track you down and we'll make you read the paper we have a very special skill set <laughs> and we will use them and we will find you <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. but uh yeah i think that will about do it for us here on uh, rerun shuffle it's very hot in the sound booth mm-hmm. and uh it's about time to open the door <laughs> yeah we'll catch you next time thank you for listening bye <laughs>